Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a football Friday. Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, for the next couple of hours talking sports with you, and we appreciate some of your time uh, here today. BMW of Des Moines guest list shapes up like this in, oh, 15 minutes. We'll talk with Chris Williams uh, from Cyclone Fanatic in Iowa Everywhere. We will preview Texas as they make their final appearance at Jack Trice Stadium coming up at 7 o'clock on Fox or down the hall on 100.3 The Bus. Uh, That game kicks at 7 o'clock. We'll talk to Chris about that uh, in 15 minutes. Mike Palm will join us, get the latest uh, on the uh, numbers for both Iowa, Iowa State, maybe some of the other marquee games of the week with Mike Palm. Uh, as most of Las Vegas, the people that work in Las Vegas, live in Las Vegas, just um, counting the hours until Formula One packs up and leaves town because that has been a disaster. Anyways, we will talk to Mike Palm. Look forward to that segment in about 35 minutes. Bama Bob Trent and I will go around some of the marquee games in college football to kick off the second hour of the show. Tom Cakert on the Hawks recapping last night's K-State win over the Iowa women. Uh, as well as obviously previewing Illinois and Iowa, seemingly Bielema walking back a little bit his proclamation that Altmaier is going to be the starter. We'll see uh, when they try it out onto the field and when the offense for Illinois uh, comes on the field. Maybe we'll know before that. Don't know. I think it's going to be Paddock. David Eichel thought it was going to be Paddock. We'll see. A lot uh, of people. I heard Lysakow thinks it's going to be Paddock. Does he tell us Doctor thinks around? it's going to be Paddock. Ah, okay. uh, one of the Illinois beat guys I heard thought it's going to be Paddock. So a lot of people that are closer to the situation. Nice. But not as close as Bielema. I think that this is a bit of a smokescreen by old Burt. Yeah, he ultimately has the final decision. We'll see which way he goes. But all signs pointing right now to the kid who threw for 500 yards last week, the senior uh, John Paddock. We'll make some picks before we get out of here, just before 1 o'clock, and turn things over to Murph and Andy. So the AFC North tilt last night was... Uh, very disappointing just because injuries took uh, such a toll on that football game. Mark Andrews, one of the most, I don't know, would you still call him underrated? Yeah. yeah. I think so because he's not, you know, when you talk about the best tight ends in the game, he certainly belongs in the conversation. Every year he's in the top four. Right. Yet he's But he's never won. He's never th- the guy, yeah. right? I agree with you. Hell of a player. Mm-hmm. Look good in a Bronco suit. I know that much. <laughs> um Anyways, and then, of course, Joe Burrow going out. You know, we mentioned briefly at the end of the show, do you remember mm-hmm. that about the brace on the picture yep. uh, on the uh, on the throwing hand of Joe Burrow? A picture that was taken down by the yes, Bengals social, social media team. And did you notice in the broadcast last night, that never came up before the injury? It did, 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 did the NFL, tinfoil hat time. Yes. Did the NFL say, knock it off. He wasn't on the injury report. We don't want this bad look. And is this going to turn into something? He was obviously injured. Oh, for sure. There's no doubt. Yes. And for him to not be on the injury report, are we looking at, at minimum, some kind of fine coming yes. to Cincinnati's Maybe way? draft picks. I mean, that's the currency. They, they got all the money in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are you going to find? $10,000? That doesn't hurt. No. Take away, I'm not saying a first. Take away a draft pick. That's currency when it comes to NFL ownership. And, and that NFL will... Teams. Get people's attention. I would think so. Right. I would think so. This we'll is a see. quarterback in a huge game. Mm-hmm. A standalone game. Yes. That was the best Thursday nighter that we oh, had God. since week one. Yes. Certainly on paper. Uh-huh. And you have a quarterback that's not on the injury report with a bad wrist. Uh-huh. You can't do that. It's a bad look. 
You're bad in look. bed with gambling companies. You can't do that. 100% on the same page right there, Trent Condon. No doubt about it. We'll see where it goes. Apparently, there is going to be an investigation. That part uh, came out the, this morning. Yeah, disappointing when he went out. Boy, what does this do? Well, obviously, we don't know how much time, if at all, he's going to miss. But um, And that was significant last night. And you know what? It was starting to trend into a kind of a back and forth. Here we go. This is going to be a fun, maybe a last touchdown wins type of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, opportunity for us fans to watch the game. But as it turned out, Baltimore was just too good. So where are you with these Ravens? I know you've been on, you were on them last year in a big time mm-hmm. way. Uh, you were on them this year as well. They're my for are you they the your ones? Yeah, they're oh, they're like the Chargers okay. every year. Yep. I, I always yep. have a Ravens ticket. Yep. I just do. And even before Lamar, they were just they're my kryptonite. And mm-hmm. it worked out well with Flacco on that great run, but I probably lost all that money right back mm-hmm. that I won in that season. They're that team that I just always have something. And you know, I saw a graphic last night. I don't know if it was on the broadcast or if it was just on Twitter, but it was about what this Ravens defense has morphed into after the trade from Roquan Smith from the Bears a year ago. They were middling. I think they were like 22nd in total defense, 24th against the rush, 26th against the bat, you know, something like that in the basically year and a half before he got there. Okay. And the full year now that he has been there, they're like number one or number two in almost huh. all statistical categories. Oh, it's not just him. No, there's more. I mean, the kid from Michigan that had to miss the year when he yeah. was drafted, uh, he's come back and he's uh, now you know uh, really starting to catch on to the NFL game. What's Gino, Gino Stone making plays. How about Gino yes. Stone? So, so help. I mean, obviously he was a good Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Bet on himself. He did. He, he did. Most people yeah. said he yep. was going to be, yep. at best, a fifth rounder, probably mm-hmm. six or seven or even undrafted. He got drafted in the seventh, bet on himself instead of coming back and yep. trying to help himself and move up that draft order because with the safety and the physical toll that it takes on your body, well, let's give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Found the right spot, found the right fit, and he has turned himself into oh a very God. good player, and he's got a payday coming up around the corner. <laughs> yeah, I'll say. Yes, he does. He certainly does all of that. Uh, how many picks does he have? Six, I think, is the number. It's been, uh, it's good Five for or six, him. yeah. Good, good for him. Uh, didn't see this coming out of Iowa. Uh, but but here we are. And he's still only 24. Isn't that's that amazing. crazy? Yeah. yeah. That's absolutely yeah. Six interceptions, 27 tackles, wow. eight passes defended this year. Yeah, he had a couple of big ones last night in that football game. Pick so, number 219 in the seventh round. What year was his draft? 2020. 2020. Oof. Yeah, he's got a payday coming, no doubt about that. Uh, I didn't see any with uh, any of the Iowa women last night. In fact, I was, Consider yourself lucky it stunk. It was, it it was that bad. bad? It was ugly bad. So, so was it? Caitlin Clark could make a shot, and as she goes, well, as she goes, the Hawkeye women go. The concern about this is not the loss in its own right. Look, K-State's a good, solid Big 12 team. Uh, They got an All-American center who is a problem. And she's She's been there for a while. Yeah, she tore her ACL last year. She was out the back half of the year. She is tall. Yes. She is thick. She is strong. She knows how to use her body, and she is really, really good. It's a style that you lost in a game where Kaylin Clark goes 9-32, 2 of 16 from deep. In the past, though, we've seen somebody else be able to step up. Sonano, mostly, right? Right. Yeah. But there were other moments and other yeah. players that were able to do it. Mm-hmm. Martin. And nobody was able to step up last night. And that's where the concern lies. It's not the loss in its own right. It's just the way that game played out. Did they defend her differently? Is that something now? No, you can bet your bottom dollar every school's going to do this. Yeah, uh, it's the Maryland game plan. try to do this. Yeah, Maryland, yeah. I mean, everybody tries to do it. Right. You also have to have the talent to do it. Yeah. And they do have a couple of good athletic defenders that can run around with her everywhere. 
that was a part of it. But you could tell early, Clark's legs were just, they weren't there. You could tell on the shot that she wasn't there, short-arming things, leaving everything short. It was just, it was one of those moments. That corner three, she missed by two feet short and four foot right. Really? Yeah. I had a three to tie it in the corner. It was a bit and, of a And force. had nobody in her face? Well, there's always somebody in her face, but that's usually not a problem either, either for Caitlin Clark. That would be my concern, though, with this Iowa team. Who's going to step up? You saw Molly Davis had a good fourth quarter. She made a couple of buckets, but she's 5'2". She's yeah. not going to be able to score against very many people. Mm-hmm. Stolke was okay, but didn't get much inside. Gabby Marshall struggling with the shot again. That's where the concern lies for me with this team. If Clark doesn't have it, if there's those, and there's going to be those games where, for whatever reason, she's not out there, if nobody else can step up, this Iowa team is going to be in some trouble. Mm. We shall see. All right, we will um, speak with Chris Williams coming up here in about five minutes. Both of these schools today, huge games. Texas coming to Ames for the final time. Iowa trying to clinch the Big Ten West tomorrow against Illinois. As we mentioned, Bielema seemingly walking back that it's going to be Altmyers playing his cards close to his, keeping his cards rather close to his vest. We'll see uh, what happens. Um, I have to believe that they're going to throw the ball around whoever's mm-hmm. the quarterback, right? Knowing that they're, I was a little, a little shorthanded <laughs> yeah. in the secondary. They're shorthanded in a lot of spots. Under center being one that's been there all year long. But uh, the latest, obviously, the Cooper DeGene uh, news. I saw his when he committed. One of the stations in Western Iowa. It was the Sioux City Station. What yeah. is his, was his name? Owen? Maybe, yeah. That that uh, that caught up with him, you know. Nobody else was had to socially distance. That's true. Back yep. in that, back in those times, right? So what's he was running around his backyard with his brothers, trying to stay in shape, but uh, just so unassuming back then. Mm-hmm. And then when you find out, we and I didn't realize this. I uh, heard this uh, from Kirk Ferentz on, on Wednesday night uh, via Twitter um, that he didn't even travel to Ames. Yeah. For the 2001 Cyhawk game. Oh, how far has he come? My gosh. He hadn't played cornerback before. It's unthinkable. This kid had never played cornerback Mm -hmm. in his football career Mm -hmm. until he did it in a Big Ten game. Yeah. Late in his true freshman season. Amazing. Yeah, they brought him. He was coming to be a safety, right? But he was uh, recruited as what? He was a quarterback at the time. Went both ways. But... uh, yeah, remarkable story. Uh, obviously, that is a huge, huge blow. So we'll see. Uh, and what's going on in Ames? Look, the fan base is going to be an absolute full throat. We know that. Uh, the hatred is real uh, when it comes to the uh, Texas Longhorns and their fan base. We'll see if that is any extra motivation for the Cyclone football team, if they can you know, use some of that energy that the fan base will clearly have on full display. So on the field, I heard something I thought was really interesting, and it broke down both quarterbacks in this game and what they do against what the other team does defensively. So last year, when Quinn Ewers saw the 3-3-5 stack of Haycock for the first time, he was successful. Three touchdowns, no interceptions, only had one pass that would be considered even a pass that you shouldn't make against that defense. On the other side, and they run a lot of quarters coverage, something that Ewers has been really good with. On the other side, Texas also runs a lot of quarters coverage, something Rocco Beck has struggled against Ooh. this year. That was, uh, when I heard that one today, that was a little bit of a wow moment. Uh-huh. Ewers good against the kind of defense that Iowa State runs. On the other side, Rocco, the defense that he struggled most against is this quarter's coverage. Something to keep an eye on. Yeah, absolutely. Numbers, what, seven and a half, I think, mm-hmm. still? The Iowa numbers, it moved. Are we still at three? Three is what I saw earlier today. We'll bring it back up here as uh, we bring in Jeff. But yeah, right in that line of right in the three, three and a half have not popped up yet. 
And uh, we'll get the official consensus right. in a moment. All right, we'll get Chris Williams momentarily, but Jeff wants to chime in here. Jeff, uh, welcome. What's on your mind? Well, so last night I'm watching the Iowa women, and let's just start from the beginning when, you know, the announcers are talking about how Iowa, you know, really wanted this game and, you know, the season before, how they lost, and I get all that. I didn't see that passion from the jump. I didn't see that drive, um, that home crowd giving them this life throughout the game. I didn't see it. They had a little bit of spurts, but, you know, a game that, you know, they circled on the calendar, I didn't see that from the start. Uh, number two, you know, they talked about the drop coverage with Caitlin in the pick and roll with that. I can't, six six girl, I can't think of her, her last name, but we know who I'm talking about. Um, they did nothing with it. For, for uh, K-State, were, you mean? Yeah, the K-State 6'6 six, six girl. Yeah. What was her, what's her name? But uh, you know who I'm talking Lee? Okay, we'll yeah, go with yeah, that. Yeah, um, yeah. So the drop coverage, Caitlin would just drive and get sick in the paint and it would get blocked or she'd leave it short. There was no one dribble pull. There was no two dribble pull. There was no adjustments made. And her jumper wasn't falling. I mean, she was, I don't know, probably in the low 30s percentage-wise. Um, and you guys already talked about, you know, the others. Um, Stolke in the pick and roll, first of all, she can't shoot. So if you give her the ball, it's a layup or it's a nothing. There's no mid-range. There's no six-foot game with her, which is a little bit nervous for me. You touch based on, you know, the other shooters on that team. But here was the biggest takeaway, and I caught this. I, don't, I didn't read nothing after the game. I don't need to read anything because I watched it on the TV. Caitlin had that attitude last night. She had that look where she was frustrated and her teammates weren't bailing her out. She had that look at dialing, that look where – I'm not going to listen to anybody. I'm just going to go off and I'm going to do what I can do and hopefully win a game. And a lot of times she didn't win the game at Dowling. Um, and last night. And you would know, and I want the audience to know that you were part of that coaching staff. And if you watch that game, that the attitude, that look, she just looked like she just was pissed off. And I get it. Why wouldn't you be? But if you don't trust the other girls on that team, or if your shot's not falling, or if you can't get to the free throw line, or you know, maybe this happened two or three times. A girl cut the wrong way, and they touched based on, you know, the, the substitutions and trying to find that right match. And maybe they haven't found that right rotation yet. But if it's not falling, there's got to be other girls. And, again, you've touched on this stepping up. But maybe, did Trent, did you catch the attitude look with Caitlin, or is it just me? Trent's on the phone. He's trying to line up Chris Williams. So it's, it's it. just me. So, and I didn't see the game, so you're on your own. Okay, well, I caught that numerous times, and it, it, it's just a little bit scary. And it's early in the season. I'm not, I'm not jumping off the rooftops yet. K State was barely, you know, 26, 27th in the polls. I was favored by 15 and a half in that game, which seems a little bit outrageous to me if I caught that right. Um, but the moral of the story is, I think girl, other girls in practice have to get, you know, kind of get this confidence going where they can bring that on the game because there's going to be huge games moving forward. Not, no panic button here. But just to Caitlin, I can't say much. That attitude that I – it was jumping off the screen with me. I hope that's not a problem. I hope it was just a one-off. And we're moving forward, we'll see. Ken, I'll leave you with this. Cyclones win outright Saturday night, 7 o'clock at the Jack. They're going to be jacked up. I'll talk to you on Monday. All right. See you, Jeff. Good to hear from you.
uh, as we take a look at uh, the look back last night. It uh, doesn't look as though we're going to get Chris Williams. Maybe we are getting Chris Williams. Good stuff. Look forward to catching up with Chris. He's uh, going to join us here momentarily. We'll pick his brain, see if he's as confident as Jeff is that this Iowa State football team is going to uh, be able to pick off the Longhorns one more time at Jack Trice Stadium. Uh, Cyclone Fanatic, Iowa everywhere for Chris Williams, and he's with Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Hello, Chris. How are you? Great, fellas. What's going on? Good to talk to you. So, um, where where are you on this game tomorrow? Have you have you changed as the week has gone on? Um, where are you now as to what you think is going to transpire tomorrow night? Yeah, I mean, I think from a sheer fo- football standpoint, when you look at the two teams, when you look at the analytics, like I, I mean, it, it feels like a Texas win to me. When you break that all down, in fact, I could see him even winning by couple of scores what you can't factor in is just the intangibles of everything right the the crowd uh the just you know the deck is going to be stacked against texas when it comes to that so yeah i I think texas is clearly more talented clearly more experienced they're a lot better up front on both sides of the ball um but i've also learned that crazier things have happened at this stadium and it's not like texas has been blowing people out right they have really really struggled to put teams away the last mm-hmm. few weeks yep. at home and on the road yep. and this is a pesky iowa state team that's been pretty good in the second half so you put all that together i think it should be a pretty good football game chris uh with that i mentioned some numbers throwing the football rocco back against quarters coverage not great quinn Ewers really good a year ago against iowa state is there a chance that we see Haycock come up with something a little bit different after Ewers threw through three touchdowns last year, no interceptions, that we see some tweaks early on? We know adjustments in-game, he's always excellent, but maybe something a little bit different early against Texas's offense. I think he has to. main reason is, guys, when I, when I break this game down, I just don't know how that three-man front for Iowa State is going to be able to get pressure. Right. I just... I don't, I don't think it's possible against that Texas front. So, you know, where is that going to come from? I'll tell you one thing. It does sound like Jeremiah Cooper is a go. He put out a tweet yesterday that made it seem like he was playing at least. That's huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is huge because that gives you the ability to go one-on-one more in the secondary. And Iowa State actually has the guys in the secondary. I don't know if they can one-on-one match up with those Texas receivers, but I think TJ Tampa can, and I think Jeremiah Cooper can, and then – you know, Verdone and Purchase are pretty pretty darn good, too. So it makes me feel a heck of a lot better than having a true freshman back there in that spot, especially when it comes to the run stopping. But, yeah, Trent, I think that, you know, Iowa State has to find a way to make it so Quinn Ewers can't just sit back there and play, you know. You know, he, he, he can't have time to just pick you apart because he will win that matchup. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... They'll find a way somehow. Like Haycock, you know, if I can realize this, I would like to think he will. <laughs> yeah, right. He's got he's got a stubborn nature, though, where he likes to play out the first few series to see if they can get pressure with three. I would be absolutely shocked if that's the case for Iowa State tomorrow night, though, if they can just line up and play that dime stack, 
true to form, the way that they've done it over the years, I just don't. I think that Texas offensive line is too good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brooks being out, of course, he's run for over a thousand yards. He was a big threat out of the backfield as well. You know, normally you take a look at that. Well, that's a positive, um, but that's not, probably not the case, right? Because we're talking about Texas, so we have to assume that there's you know another five star or four star waiting in the wings to take over and pick up those Brooks carries that are now available. Yeah, it's this Baxter kid, and he actually. In fall camp, a lot of people thought he would be the starter. He's a blue-chip kid. Uh, the only thing is, you know, I thought that too, Ken, and then I talked to some people down in Texas, and they were more, uh, tap the brakes on that because Brooks is, you know, a really, I mean, he was the top top running back in college football as far as NFL draft scouts go. So just, you know, this next kid is super talented, and watch, he's going to run for 200 on Iowa State. I can feel it now. Yeah, kind of. But it's still a drop off in an environment like this for a young man who hasn't gotten a ton of reps, Mm -hmm. right? So is this kid, while he's explosive, is he more mistake prone? Is he as good in pass protection as Brooks would have done? Those are the type of things. As far as running the ball through a hole and you know speed and agility, yeah, this kid's really good. But those those intangible type things that man, that that's what I'm being told at least where the Brooks thing becomes a real factor. Chris, how is this game not sold out yet? That's a good question. Um, I, I don't know. I, I I think that the reality is, as much as Iowa State's fan base has grown over the years, and it has, they, had, they sold 46,000 season tickets. When I was in school, they would be lucky to sell like 16. So, like, clearly there's this base of people that has grown. Your base of diehards is, is is larger. But, you know, I remember watching Iowa State play for Big 12 North titles in November in front of 35,000 people. And that while everything has grown up, you, I still don't think you had the diehard group. It's the second largest stadium in the new Big 12, right? Like, So, I guess my point is, the fan base has gotten a lot bigger, but it's still not huge with the diehards that will come out in November in the cold. What blows my mind is that it's going to be nice. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you know, it's not like this game is being projected to be played in sleet or anything like that. So that's my rational view of it, Trent. My, uh, my probably more irrational is like, I have no idea why it's not sold out, frankly. I, if I was a student and I was a nut, like, if there's no way I'd be missing this game. But I, apparently there's not as many young people that are as glued to that now as, as they used to be. I, I don't know. I'll be anxious to see what that student section looks like, honestly. I think there'll be more students here than what a lot of people are fearing. I do think there's enough diehards and it's Texas and it's tailgating. As far as the farmers and all that, I, I do not know why it's not sold out. The fact that they are pushing it so hard tells me the ticket number is not great hmm. at this point, but we'll see. We'll see what the walk-up crowd ends up being like now that we know the weather is going to be great. But, yeah, the the reality is they've come a really, really, really long way in not that long of time where this game 20 years ago, you know, it would have been a dream that you would have had it, but we, we saw, you know, the equivalency to a game like this, and there would be 35,000 people now you're probably worst case scenario you're going to have 55. 
so it's grown, but I agree with you in the sense that, like, man, like, I, I figured there would be more demand for it. Any idea what time the K-State game's going to be next week? Have you kind of zeroed in on it at all? At... No, it's, it, I, I don't know, and I, I wish I did because I'm going to be in Orlando calling basketball. Are you? Nice. Uh, because, John, yeah, John and Eric are going to be there, but I'll still do the post-game show, and I'm trying to plan how everything is going to work. Yeah, I, I really don't know. My entire view towards this week is, you know, there's all these Big 12 title game, you know, scenarios. And, like, I just – It's a nightmare. I know I probably – and I, I, it, I'm not on the team. It doesn't matter. It's not a superstitious thing. It really means nothing to me. But, like, I'm not going to waste my brain power on that stuff until they beat Texas because it's just – like, I think Texas will win. I, I, I hope I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. I just think Texas is really good. I, I do, too. I think they are. And if they get to that point, then great. But I, I think that that's obviously that's what TV's waiting on because if Iowa State could somehow win this game and then Kansas, State, State yeah. Kansas you, you could be looking at the big noon game. You could be looking at primetime ABC. There's all sorts of options for what that Kansas State-Iowa State game would mean as far as implications go to the Big 12 championship. Chris, fast forward to championship Saturday. It's Texas versus, let's say, Oklahoma State. Who are people rooting for? The Big 12 to get a playoff team with the Longhorns? Or the Longhorns go out with an L? No college football playoff for the conference, but blank them as they make their way out of the conference. The latter. Uh, Easy. They're rooting for Oklahoma State. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, here's the deal. At the end of the day, like, I always boggles my mind about fans. And And I'm guilty of it, too. But it's like, oh, well, every if you get a team in the playoff, every team in the conference is going to get an extra two million dollars. It's like, well, that okay, great. Are they going to make they going to make parking cheaper next year, <laughs> right? Are they going to are they going to make my tickets cheaper? Or like, no, like I, you know, whatever. Like, root. Everybody hates Texas right now, right? The, these Texas fans in my mentions that don't understand why Iowa State fans hate them so much. It's just incredible to me. Like, I mean, why wouldn't they? You, you tried to kill them off, mm-hmm. for God's sake. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, everybody's rooting against Texas in that scenario. Last thing, Chris, uh, I know you're on a heater. I believe you had a really good week again last week. Who's your best bet this week? Yes. 4-0 last week, boys. We're oh, on nice. fire. Uh, so here's the deal. So I always have Palm run through my picks. Okay, yeah. And Palm and I each, unknowingly, we did not talk about it beforehand, we had the same best bet for the weekend. Really? Isn't that wild? Well, are you going to attack two and a half against Central Florida? We had Central yeah. Florida last week beating Oklahoma State. They beat them by 42 or whatever the hell it was. We fade the Knights this week as they go cross country to West Texas against a Texas Tech team that's playing its best football of the year. This is easy, but if you like it, get on it because I guess that'd be three or more at kickoff. Just, I. The number's too low. Good stuff. Chris, uh, not sure what your schedule is last week. Probably going to be difficult for you with the trip to Orlando. So we'll bid you adieu and catch up with you after Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving uh, to you, uh, Dr. Ashley, the two girls, etc., and everybody in your family. Thanks, Chris. Happy Thanksgiving. Right. Thanks, fellas. Always good to talk. Later. Yep, good to talk to you. Chris Williams, Cyclone Fanatic, and Iowa Everywhere. So off he goes to call college hoops. Mm-hmm. And uh, John and Eric stay home to do the football. Well, they didn't stay home. They had to Manhattan right. to do football. Yeah, that makes sense, right, mm-hmm. that they would wait for the K-State and the Iowa, Tex- Iowa State-Texas uh, result uh, to be known before they decide 
who's getting prime time. All the scenarios. For all, I mean, there's, yeah. like we said earlier in the week, there's still an opportunity for an eight way tie to win this conference. There's still a path for that to happen. I, I, I kind of hope that's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get down to tiebreakers. Yeah. And oh, thankfully, Lord. we don't have to do anything about yeah. it, right? All right, good stuff. We will take a time out. We'll come back. Uh, Mike Palm is going to join us. That's interesting. Palm and Chris both on Texas Tech as their best bet. But right now, let's claim some NIL money. Head to KXNO.com. You can enter the nationwide contest by using the keyword deposit in the pop-up box. Deposit at KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000. It's deposit at KXNO.com. Mike Palm joins Trent and I next. Miller and Condon on a football Friday. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. 1227. Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Well, it's finally here. It's Formula One in Las Vegas. Trent Condon, <laughs> you're pumped up for this. <laughs> the entire city is on the edge of their seats, counting the moments. Now let's head to Las Vegas. Mike Palm, VP of Operations at Circus Sports. Oh, Mike, I'm betting you're amongst the many that can't wait till this weekend's over, right? Did you see what happened last night? I did. The cover. And then they and then they had the practice laps at like three o'clock in the morning on the strip, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. So off to a flying start. Yeah. And and uh, apparently some of the hotels on the strip are actually conducting room by room security checks as late as two o'clock in the morning. Is that true? I've heard that. I can't. I I couldn't confirm that. You know, we do them in the afternoon. They're called wellness checks. Right, right. And so if, if the maid hasn't serviced the room and no one's made contact with anyone in the room for over 24 hours, they do a wellness check. There, there are several purposes for it, but obviously one of them. Um, but, not, you know, we don't go past 6 p.m. Well, apparently, and I don't know what it's about if they're, I mean, what to possibly could, well, you know what, it just dawned on me. Um, yeah, the Mandalay Bay, right? Oh, yeah, 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 sadly, um, that that could be part of it. Anyways, so let's talk. It's a big for, part of it, yeah, it has it's to very, be. It's unfortunate, but it's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who did you guys need last night? Um, we needed the game not to fall one, two, or three, so it was fine for us. Gotcha. Uh, disappointing. I mean, disappointing. There wasn't the game that we thought. From a betting angle aside, I mean, it's AFC North, two premier teams, two really good quarterbacks, and then that didn't happen, did it? The, 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 the AFC North over. I'm sorry. It's yeah, I agree. Not, yep. But Baltimore's a division winner with, uh, you know, with the situation, quarterback situation in Cleveland now up in the air a little bit about Burrow. Um, but with Deshaun uh, Watson out, Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh's been outgained from scrimmage in all nine games. They're not winning that division. They still have to play at Baltimore. So I think that the North's done. I can definitely jump aboard, and I thought I was in great shape. I got a Cincinnati ticket, a plus 475, but after week four or five, and I'm feeling great, and then last night happens, and it's it's all over. Hey, speaking of the NFL, Mike, I was just looking through the card. Ken and I were just talking during the break. I normally have a slew of games. I'm firing, as you know, kind of all over the place, usually looking for dogs. I like absolutely nothing in the NFL this week. Anything jumping off the page to you? I have to do my seven picks for Matt Humans in the contest, and normally I go four and three, four college and, and three pros. Mm-hmm. Probably going to be five and two or six and one this week. Yeah. I and the two plays I like, I like the Packers game over 
with the Chargers. And I, I, I like this Pittsburgh Cleveland game under 33. I know it sounds like an Iowa total, <laughs> um, but DTR against a defense that creates big plays, wow. uh, you know, I would take Pittsburgh. I, I'm not in love with not, not one side in the NFL this weekend. I got to get five in for circa millions. I don't have one. You really don't. I don't have one that I like. Mm. I, I'm not going to help you, Trent. I'm not going to help you. <laughs> I, I do. Well, look, I love the Monday night game. I think the Chiefs are the best bet of the week. Mm. And I and I hate to say that. And when I do, I'm going to walk down the hall to the bathroom and wash my mouth out with soap because I hate picking that godforsaken franchise. But they're going to clobber the Eagles, Mike Palm. Don't you? Can't you see that? What, why do you? What are you saying? Godforsaken franchise. I mean, you have something. Because I'm a Bron- Bron- No, I'm a Broncos fan. And they're on oh, top, and they're going to be on top until Patrick Mahomes turns 38 years old, which is a long time. The godforsaken franchise is the Chargers, Kenny. Just accept it. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, really. Time for a they divorce. Scored, they scored their last five possessions and lost the game at home. Good luck. <laughs> no, thanks. Yeah, but you know what? As soon as you guys hang a number for the for what Super Bowl are we on now? Whatever's the next one. You're betting. I'm betting you can bet your bottom dollar. I'm going to be first in line at the futures windows for that one. Hey, Mike, let's uh, come back here to the local front. A couple of big games in our state. Iowa with the chance to clinch the division title. Iowa State with their last opportunity against Texas. Let's start with the nightcap. It is Iowa State getting north of a touchdown, plus a 7.5 currently at Circa against Texas. Uh, what you're seeing betting-wise out there, are people laying it with the Longhorns or playing it and getting the points with ISU? Look, it's it's two-way action. It's not moving. I'm, I'm, I like Iowa State at 7.5, so I'm probably going to have to bet it today because I'm scared of it going to 7. I was there two years ago. Mm-hmm. Will this be the latest kickoff that's ever happened at Jack Trice? This thing is on Fox. It probably won't kick till 7.15 local time. It has to be. Yeah, I can't remember a game later than that. I was there for the blackout. They dominated Texas. I'm not sure the Texas quarterback is good enough to go into that environment. I know Kansas did it, but you know, if they don't hit that 80-yard touchdown pass, I think the Cyclones are coming back and winning that game. Mm-hmm. Um, all, all things being said, um, that will be one of my contest plays, and i probably got to bet it early to make sure I get more than the touchdown. Hmm. What are you seeing at Kinnick? It's strange there, too. Another another number stuck on a key number at three. Actually seeing more Illinois money than Iowa money. Um, and, you know, the total 31.5 is probably going to drop down to 31. Uh, it's closer to doing that than going up. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out uh, the loss of Dijon, how that's going to yeah. affect the game. I, I want to say not from a defensive perspective. Illinois goes to the back to the running quarterback, not the hot quarterback from last week. That's I guess they think they've got to be able to move around in the pocket because of the Iowa pass rush. It's an interesting decision by Bielema. Obviously, it's a big game for Bielema and, and, and you know his ties to Iowa and, of course, all his former schools. But um, I, I have a hard time. I'm probably not going to play the game. I lean under, and I actually lean Iowa. Um, you know, Iowa's got this clear path to amazingly with, a, with the worst offense in the country get to a Power 5 title game. Because I believe they will win at Nebraska. Nebraska's quarterback play is the worst Awful. they can. Yeah, they can't beat Iowa. Will win that game on on Black Friday as a short favorite. That'll probably be one of my top bets next week. But they need to take care of business. You know, they've lost the game at home to Minnesota. They should, probably should have won. Mm-hmm. So, um, I lean Iowa, but I'm probably not going to lay three. Mike, with that, uh, looking kind of forward, you mentioned this to us on Inside the Numbers, our TV show on MediaCom. 
Uh, give us the projected numbers if Iowa faces either Michigan or Ohio State because they were certainly eye-opening to me. Yeah, it's going to be close to four touchdowns. It, it looks like about 26 to 26 and a half against Ohio State and possibly 27 against Michigan. Wow. Um, you know, I have my feelings. I believe Michigan will beat Ohio State, but I actually think I'd make the spread higher with Ohio State just because uh, Michigan will run, 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 and they shorten the game. There's limited possession, right. so I think there's less chance of variance. Early in the year, just take all the big points against Michigan. Even though you never the teams didn't score, they covered the number because Michigan didn't score that many points. Um, it'll be interesting. Obviously, Harbaugh would be back at that time, accepting the three-game, three-Saturday suspension. I, I would be surprised if Ohio I, – I know they went into Notre Dame and they won. I don't know that they're good enough offensively to go into Ann Arbor and win. Hmm. We just had Chris Williams on. He said that uh, you both have the same best bet this weekend. You both love Texas Tech. What's behind your th- your thoughts on the Red Raiders? Well, it's a spot play because, look, they've got to win. Joey McGuire, high hopes for him. Yes. You know, there were, they were some that picked them to be in the Big 12 title game. Obviously, they had quarterback entries, a close loss to Oregon. They led in the last two minutes, then didn't even cover the touchdown. Um they need this to get bowl eligible. I don't think they're winning in Austin next week, um, especially if Texas would lose to Iowa State and have to win to get into the Big 12 title game. And even if they don't, they're still playing for a national championship to, to get in the playoffs. So they got to win here. UCF is flying high off that crazy victory. I mean, they just absolutely killed Oklahoma State. It was over 4-1. to one. They outgained them. Um, so probably a little bit of a bounce spot for them on the road. They haven't been ter- terrific on the road. I, I like them a lot, two and a half. Mike, uh, you can't consider yourself a sharp this week if you don't have Oregon State part of it. It's my best bet of the week. Yet I see this morning it was up to two and a half pretty much everywhere yesterday. It's trickled down. It's back to one. Are we seeing some heavy money coming in on the Huskies? Is that what we read into this? We It went to a pick a couple places here yesterday. Afternoon. Wow. Between like three and four o'clock. Now the number's pretty much painted one across the board. Yeah. Husky money here. Uh, contrary in play, everybody in the world in this upset spot where the undefeated team is a dog and uh, they're staying not so fast. I- I'm not going to bet the game. I lean Oregon State because I think they can run the football against. They can run the football against Washington. It, you sh- it, they're 18-1 and one against the spread at home the last two seasons. 18-1. and one. Jeez. Um, two, two plus seasons, right? So it's pretty incredible. Hard to go against them, but... I think I will just enjoy this game. It might be the best game of the weekend. It might be. Uh, other than Sunday, of course, at 5.30, uh, local 3.30 out uh, Pacific, I'm sure Bar Canada will be elbow to elbow with folks showing up to watch the Grey Cup. Mike Palm, your thoughts? Yeah, there will be a few, and we'll dedicate a couple TVs, uh, <laughs> TVs to that, but um, um, it, it won't quite be as as much anticipation as the worst college football game you can find. <laughs> Fair point. Mike, we'll talk to you later on. Thanks for doing this, Mike Palm. Have a good day. Talk to you later. Thanks, yep. Good luck to the Cyclones and Hawkeyes this weekend. Good, thanks, but good to hear from you. Mike Palm, VP of Operations at Circus Sports. Of course, Circus Sports. You can download the app, fund your account, and play ASAP. You will get the best numbers at Circus Sports, uh, Circus Sports Iowa. Good stuff. Uh, we'll take a time out. Is the Grey Cup part of your picks? No. <laughs> One, two college, two pro, and a best bet. That 
Canadian football It's is, a pro. They're, they get paid. No, 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 no. Oh, so I have to change my plays is what you're... Okay. Well, you're trying to put in Canadian football? No, I wasn't. Going okay. To. Jeez. Uh, we'll come I know back. it's your blue bomber. It is. And I'm picking against them. I think the Alouettes will certainly cover the seven and a half. Uh, we'll take a time out, uh, come back, finish up the hour. Bama Bob Trent and I kick off hour number two. Again, the keyword this hour was deposit at KXNO.com. Back after this on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Tell them Jeff sent you. Welcome back. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller with you until 1 o'clock. Another opportunity to win $1,000 coming up. I believe today is the final day of this promotion. That goes away and it comes back oh, four or five times throughout the uh, throughout the calendar year. So if you haven't won, and there's only been one in the building, and it was on this program, what, last week, I think, mm-hmm. we had our very first winner. Are, are you surprised, Trent, that we talked about this Briefly yesterday, uh, the Karistic Thompson story just took on a life of its own as the day went on. Not really, because it's media types. Um, a lot of us think we're more important than we actually are. <laughs> Some uh, of us. Some of us. You're right. Right. Many. Okay. Uh, so I wasn't surprised by it. Did she? This was 2008 that this happened. Right. 15 years ago. Exactly. Calling for her job. Mm-hmm. She'll never be allowed to talk in front of a microphone again. Blah, blah, blah. She's not a sideline reporter not anymore. anymore. No, not anymore. Now, will she ever be a sideline no, reporter again? No, no. But she probably didn't want to. Right. I mean, once you achieve what she's achieved. I mean, she's anchoring Thursday yeah. Night Football. Right. She's got good gigs. Uh-huh. The likelihood that she's going to go back in that role is pretty slim. Right. But what I do, and we talked about, we brought this up in, during our conversation. I want to know how it's sitting with her best friend. The one that she shares her podcast with. Sure. The most famous sideline reporter. Who is she? Yeah, I think she is. Yeah, probably. Aaron Andrews. Because mm-hmm. um, they're really, really close, and they've got a very popular podcast. And I have to believe that it's going to come up on their next edition. Uh, and I'm guessing it's going to break records as far as number of downloads. Probably. That's a good thing, right? That's what you're looking sure, for. Sure, Content is king, and they definitely are going to get some content out of this one. In the grand scheme of things, I think it's much ado about little. Not nothing. But little, mm-hmm. you shouldn't be making up quotes. No. That's no. the part of it. Right. You're not getting the information. You see what's happening. You can say what's happening. But to attribute quotes, that's maybe taking it a little mm-hmm. bit too far. Again, you also have to look at the podcast she was on. She's with the Barstool guys. Like, it's free-flowing. You're kind of goofing around. You're having some yucks. That's what that conversation is, too. We want our athletes to... Be forthright, right? Yeah. We want real quotes. Right. And don't you want the same thing here? It wasn't just a cookie-cutter interview. We got something good. I I just who, didn't... Who at Barstool was it with? Do you know? Don't know. Okay. But, yeah. It's just in the grand scheme of things. Does it really matter? I don't believe it does. I don't think so either. Um, but look, at the, there was uh, most of the women um, and a few of the men that do this for mm-hmm. a living, and there are very few men that are sideline reporters, Rinaldi being one of them, uh, came out. And, um, I and saw Armin fi- Katayan. Armin Katayan was another yep. one, yep. Um, um, uh, Buster Olney, mm-hmm. who does Sunday Night Baseball, um, you know, in, in defense of their profession, I guess. So anyways. All right, so we will... 
toss around a couple of college football games with Bama Bob when we come back. Tom Caker will join us at the bottom of the hour. Talk about Illinois and Iowa, etc. with Tom. Our plays of the day, our plays of the weekend, rather, before we get out of here at 1. Miller and Condon, one hour to go on a football Friday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.